Welcome to the Faith Words Podcast. I'm Lainey Brown. And I'm Katie Norris. And today we have the honor of speaking with author and pastor Don Piper. You may know him from his book that spent four years on the New York Times bestseller list, 90 Minutes in Heaven. Don is here talking about how that book not only changed his life, but his family's too. But he has a new book, a new story you haven't heard. It's called People I Met at the Gates of Heaven. And it's a sequel to 90 Minutes in Heaven because he's actually talking about the people who influenced his faith journey, people that he haven't, hasn't seen in years. What's cool about this is that it's a story of hope, and it's a reminder for any of us out there who are grieving that we are going to see those people we've lost again. Don, thanks so much for being here. I'm very excited to talk about your new book, People I Met at the Gates of Heaven. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be where you are now? Well, it's a strange background, really. Um, I, uh, I went went to college and got a degree in broadcasting. So I started out uh, doing that uh, on the radio, believe it or not, Um, doing all kinds of radio, uh, every format you can imagine. Uh, I went to work in the television business simultaneously. And so I did that for 14 years. But eventually um, I knew I needed to do what God had called me to do, which was in the ministry. So in 1985, I I surrendered to full-time and went to seminary. And um, started uh, in the pastorate, started in the youth ministry, really. And uh, I was at a pastor's conference in 1989 uh, and headed home to my church to do a a Wednesday night prayer meeting, Bible study. And on the way home, um, I was was run over by a truck, an 18-wheeler hit me head on, and I was killed instantly. So I went from uh, being a uh, rock and roll disc jockey at the age of 23 to uh killed instantly at uh, 38 and um and then i was prayed back and i was prayed back to an extremely difficult uh, life and experience so it's quite an odyssey really it's not anything normal about any of it really so it's it's an it's it's was an incredible trip so your book 90 minutes in heaven was very prolific what made you feel that you needed to do a follow-up to 90 minutes in heaven I wrote it in self-defense. Um, I never really wanted to talk about any of this. Um, I, that's, in fact, that's the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, when I survived and came back, I came back to, you know, 13 months in a hospital bed and 34 operations and being told I would never walk again and just a, really a kind of a nightmare of a, of a life. Uh, when I got hit by the truck, we all did. And... Um, the whole family, my church. I mean, you can imagine the church wasn't the same after that. They didn't have a pastor. He was in the hospital and didn't know when he would ever get out. So it it really changed everything. Well, I mean, people wanted to know about the wreck, and I didn't talk about heaven for quite a while. I never planned to talk about that. What words would do it justice? No earthly words. So I, I really actually got tired of talking about it, I, I answering questions about it. And I knew I probably needed to tell the story one way or the other. So, frankly, I decided to write the first book so I wouldn't have to talk about it. That did not go well. Uh, that book sold almost 9 million copies and was on the you know, New York Times bestseller list for four years. What was that like, writing the sequel? Because 
obviously it was hard, it sounds like, for you to write the first book and to go back and to revisit that experience. Mm. Then you're coming back after you've sold 9 million copies of 90 Minutes in Heaven, and you're saying the story's not yet finished, and you're delving in, would you say, a little deeper, or is it more personal? I think it's both, mm-hmm. uh, frankly. Um, these are people I've never spoken of before. I mean, some of them are known from the first book, but only a sentence or two. Uh, these people have their own chapters. They, these people uh, are visited. I, I introduce uh, uh, quite a few people who literally um, changed my life. And uh, some of them have never been spoken of before. And so, it, this, yes, this is much more intense um, because really um, the subject is, um, and the subtitle of, of the book is, who's going to be there because of you? Uh, there's a story in 90 Minutes in Heaven about the little girl who, uh, who was told by her dad, uh, you know, you need to go to sleep, honey. And she doesn't want to be in a room alone by herself. And he goes back in about five or six times, and now he's really getting irritated. And she said, well, he says, he thought, he thought he'd try the spiritual dimension. He says, uh, well, Jesus is with you. He's here in the room. And she acknowledged that that was true, but she said, I want somebody with skin on him. <laughs> and, you know, we do, don't we? Yeah. You know, we want somebody with skin on him. So we do miss the people that we loved and lost for just a little while. But um, uh, we're going to visit those people in this book. And, uh, but we're also going to ask the question and give some uh, practical, uh, practical uh, input, uh, some practical discourse on, well, what are you doing to help people get there yourself? And some ways to do that. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's really crucial. Uh, it doesn't do much good to point out how great these folks were and, and what an impression they made on me if we do not tell them how do you do this yourself? But how was your ministry impacted and changed? Well, everything changed. I, I do funerals differently. You know, when, I, uh, when I'm standing in a, in a pulpit or I'm at a funeral home or something, and I leave the pulpit, I walk down to the casket and put my hand on it and say, in a few minutes, we're going to take Fred out to the cemetery. But this is only the earth suit that Fred wore while he was here. Fred's having the best time. He's doing cartwheels down the streets of gold. Make no mistake about it. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. Well, I mean, I, I did funerals before I was run over by the truck, but um, everything changed. Um, the sensitivity, which I hope I showed uh, when I went to the hospital <laughs> to visit people before I got hit by the truck, but I, I spent years in a hospital. I spent years in rehabilitation and therapy just to learn to walk again. So people know when I hold their hand and say, I understand how you feel, I'm not just trying to be sympathetic. You know, I'm empathetic. I, I get it. And isn't that what we all want when we're going through a long, dark night? Absolutely. Yeah, we, wanna, we want somebody who understands. Somebody. What I was looking for, and I put it this way to God, and I said, I, I want to talk to somebody who gets it. Everyone's nice to me, and people are praying for me, but I want to talk to somebody who gets it because they did some things to me to try to help me learn, get mobility again, learn to walk, that had never been done before. They were experimental. 
So I wound up with external fix hitters and things like that, the stretch bones that were missing. And, and when I did that, it meant that there were no, there were no other people to talk about this too so i it, it was very stressful and very painful and i kind of blessed god for that and he said to me uh, in no uncertain terms uh one morning at 3 a.m through some music uh this is not about you you need to get over your pity party and understand that you need to take your pain and turn it into a purpose and you need to take your test and turn it into a testimony and you need to take your mess and find a message in it that's going to bless other people. And when you start looking out beyond yourself, instead of asking me for help, then you'll know why you went through this. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life. Started that morning. How long did it take before you actually talked to anybody about heaven? Uh, good question. Probably a year and a half, two years. And it was accidental, really. Um, I, I feel like it was accidental. Um, one of my best friends, uh, a person named David Gentiles, who is in heaven now, came to visit me. He, he, he lived in San Antonio. I lived in Houston, so that's 200 miles. So he, he came to Houston for another reason, but he and I have been friends for 30 years. Um, and so he came by my house to see me unexpectedly. He came in. He sees me. I'm sitting on the side of the bed. I've got the big fixator removed from my leg. And uh, so my leg is kind of drooping a little bit, and, and he, we hadn't seen it like that in a long time. And I'm just kind of setting up. Well, setting up was a real experience. So he walks in, and he hugs me, and he says, <laughs> you look great, which was just completely untrue. You know, it was just, it was just. It's what people yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I said, compared to what, you know? And he, he stopped, and he said, to the last time I saw you, you look great. So he was, he was being as serious as he could be, as two, you know, two guys talking. And um, I, I, I realized, I said, well, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm doing better. And he said, oh, yeah, you're doing better. Because he had obviously seen me in the early days. And he's the one uh, in the story that came over to pray all night for me when they said he's not going to be here in the morning. And uh, everyone gathered around. David is the one who led that prayer. So uh, I said to him, um, you, if you've seen what I've seen, you know this is not very good at all. <laughs> and he stops like dead serious. He goes, what did you see? And I realized I had kind of opened the door. And I said, I can't really talk about it. And he said, you can tell me. I won't tell anybody. And I knew he wouldn't. And I said, well, when I got hit by the truck, I, I was at the gates of heaven. And of course, there are 12 gates in heaven, three on each side of the city. And I, he said, I knew it. No one could be as depressed as you were just because you were hurt, because you can handle it. I know you can handle it. And I said, yeah, I, I, had a, I had one of those experiences. So I told him a little bit about it. He began to cry. He would just weep. He just wept, which, of course, made the same thing happen to me. And I said, um, he said, why haven't you told anybody about this? I said, would you? I mean, what do you, I don't have the words for this. I said, um, I, people probably think I'm crazy. Um, 
but mostly it's because I don't really feel like I, I have any, I don't I can't talk about I don't have the words to talk about this and he paused for a little bit and he said um, we'll do this you've told me I'm not going to tell anybody without your permission why don't you tell tell two more people that whose judgment you trust and see what their reaction is. Because my reaction is, why do you think God let you see this if you weren't supposed to talk about it? That's my reaction, he said. And I didn't have an answer for that. I think I offered a couple of lame excuses and he didn't like either one of them. So he said, you, you have to tell somebody. Don, this has been an informative and inspirational conversation with you. Where can people find you online? Well, I do have a website, as you might imagine. It's just donpiperministries.com. Uh, plural, donpiperministries.com. Uh, this is book number five for me. So those books are mostly available everywhere. And um, so they could get in touch with me. Uh, there, there is a, um, a way on the website to actually email me, contact me, and uh, I'll be happy to, to try to, uh, to respond. I do get a lot of inquiries and a lot of people who are emailing me, but uh, I try to keep in touch. I'm, I'm, I'm Twittered. <laughs> I'm uh, Instagrammed. I'm uh, Facebooked. I'm all of those things. So uh, we, we love talking to people. We like hearing their stories. And occasionally uh, we use those stories uh, in, in other formats with their permission because uh, we're all in this together. It is. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. And I look forward to the impact that this book is going to have. I hope we start bringing people to church. I hope we start giving them Bibles. I hope that we start living a Christian life in front of them so they'll know what one is. Um, I hope this really stirs up um, the family of believers that uh, we're, we're, we're really needing to, we need to prepare people for heaven. So I'm excited about that. So I'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us and our Faith Words family. My privilege. Honored. Be sure to subscribe to our Faith Words podcast for more interviews with our authors. And if you have any questions that you would like for us to ask them or authors that you would like for us to feature, let us know. We're at faithwords at hbgusa.com.